have you ever been told, oh, just let it go? Or there is nothing you can do about it. So stop worrying. How difficult is to hear it? After all, shouldn't we do everything we can to avoid possible problems or have things go the way we want them to go? Are you a control freak or rather a flow freak? Is being control an asset or a liability? Join us after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend who will tell us why we could benefit from living a life in the flow. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Tribe Show. Imagine you are watching two swimmers with two very different techniques. One puts a lot of energy in their strokes, has big and strong movements with their arms and legs. And the other has relaxed, easy, long strokes and seems to glide over the water. Which one would you like to be? Who do you think has a better experience in the water? Now imagine that the water is actually live and the two swimmers, just two people with two very different approaches to it. One puts a lot of energy to try and conquer every aspect of their life, needs control and to be in control of anything happening around them, while the other prefers to live life as it comes, to embrace every moment, regardless of how it appears at first sight, and reserving any judgment for a later time. In today's episode, we talk about control and flow, and more precisely, of being control freak, like yours truly, or rather a flow freak, meaning a free spirit who goes with the flow, like today's guest. Albeit desired by many, being control can lead to a high level of stress because unfortunately we cannot control everything all the time. So today we discuss about the pros and cons of being control freak and how we can release some of the need for being in control. And we do it with a friend who is returning to the Forgiven Tribe show, Misty Rose Gold. Misty, who is based in Colorado, is a success coach for driven and passionate entrepreneurs, executives, leaders, and athletes. She is passionate about helping them manage their stress, emotions, and mindset. Over the years, she has also developed powerful, yet simple, and very effective techniques to overcome past negative experiences without believing them. Hi, Misty. Welcome back to the Forgive and Try show. Thank you for taking once again the time to be with us today. And let's go with the flow. 
<laughs> yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> I love it how you say that you're a control freak and I'm a flow freak. So. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we are a good match for today's episode, definitely. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, now, before going with the flow, uh, I need to ask a few questions. Just yes. uh, indulge me a little bit. Um, so you are uh, a flow freak. You, you, you like to go with the flow. You like to uh, take life as it comes. First of all, have you ever been like that? Um, I've pretty much always been like this. I like to make plans. I like to do those kind of things. I'm a very, very, very productive person. Me going with the flow isn't like a, you know, a hippie just sitting around smoking pot. You know, it's, it's different. It's much different. Me going with the flow means I'm going with the flow of my, my inner self, my soul. And I'm letting my soul guide me in everything that I do. So it's a little different than an idea that most people have about somebody who goes with the flow. Exactly. So can we go a little bit in the detail of, of that? Because... Perhaps, as you, as you said, it's, it's not just being exactly in control, it's exploiting the time and what happens to you in the most productive way, in the best possible way that suits you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, certainly. Like today, you know, it's, I woke up this morning, I had, you know, some amazing things happen, kind of changed the course of my day, and I went with it. Instead of getting upset or you know, worried about what other people are going to think about me. I had to um, cancel a meeting because I just felt like it wasn't going to happen. And then our interview was pushed back a half hour. And I'm like, huh, there we go. Perfect. Because if I didn't cancel the other one, I wouldn't be able to be here today. So it just worked out. 100%. It worked out. Wow. So uh, you can... Uh... You can have lots of uh, uh, advantages, basically, by going with the flow, right? Uh, You are not strict and you are not bounded by uh, what you have planned, but you are more flexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's doing what feels aligned for the day and for that time. And it always works itself out. It does. I mean, today is proof that it just beautifully works itself out. But it also keeps me in a state of peace. And peace leads to so much. It leads to me being more productive. It leads to me being more magnetic, you know, pulling things in, manifesting things. It makes me more magnetic. It makes me more confident. Because when I'm at peace, I have a deep inner confidence. Right. If, if I'm stressed out, my confidence goes down the toilet. <laughs> so, yeah. so many benefits. I mean, just those are a couple that come to my mind. Uh, absolutely. So why do you think uh, people tend to be so uh, controlling? You want to know what's happening or you mm-hmm. are scared about what is not in the plan. Yeah. Are there other, other reasons? The fear of the unknown is a big one. That people don't like not knowing so it requires trust it requires trust in in your ability to make decisions it requires trust in your your higher power so to speak or the universe or 
even if you don't believe in anything, trusting in the future, you know, that it's working together for your good. So there's a lot of trust required in not letting yourself control things or trying to control things. The other thing too is like, I have made some massive decisions recently and they were scary. Like some of them were so scary, I was shaking all over, but I knew it was the right decision. I knew it was the right cliff to jump off of. And I had to mentally prepare myself to jump off that cliff and say, you know what? I accept whatever happens, but I know I have to do this. I know I have to take this step. Otherwise, I'm going to live with regret. Otherwise, I'm going to keep wondering what's going to happen. You know, those kind of things. So it was really important for me to mentally prepare myself to jump off that cliff. All right. Um, I had to accept like, okay, I'm good with whatever happens on the other side of this. And it's part of just letting go, jump off the cliff, and you'll find your wings as you fall. And I honestly can tell you, I made that huge, a huge decision last night where I had myself shaking because there was so much on the line. There was so much at stake. And today I was beautifully rewarded for it. It was amazing. Wow. You mentioned the word trust. Uh, mm -hmm. Trust in the process, trust in the future, trust that things will, uh, will happen. How do you create that, that trust? How, how can you uh, build that trust in, in, in the future? Is by, uh, I don't know, observing that things have worked out in the past or, you know, uh, analyzing pros and cons, the situation you are, you are thinking about, which is perhaps still being controlled. Uh, how do you take that step into, into trusting? Some of those, like what you have mentioned, both of those things can come into play with it, but it's all of like a decision. You know, even if things don't work out the way that you want them to, trusting that they're still working out for your greater good. And that was something that I had to infuse in the decision I made last night and the step that I took, that I know that whatever's gonna happen for me in this choice is for my greater good, even if it doesn't go the way I want it to. So that's a higher level of trust. Um, and all the, you know, it, a lot of times it truly is just a decision. It says, I'm going to trust. What do you gain by being the flow? Yeah, so amazing doors open for me. I'm able to sustain my business and stay successful because I'm able to go with the flow. I have to pivot at times. If I'm a massive control freak, my business would have failed so many times. So being able to go with the flow and pivot has made it so that I can scale my business at times when it gets shaky or I can, you know, adjust where I need to adjust to make sure that it keeps growing and it keeps succeeding. So that's just one main benefit. Another benefit of not being a control freak is healthy relationships. That's a massive benefit because if we're trying to control the other person, it just doesn't work. But giving them the space to be who they are, to trust that they're making the right decisions for themselves, the best decisions for their higher self or their, their future self or whatever you want to call it, and trusting that what you need will be revealed to you in that relationship is crucial. So it's like a lot of people try to control another person in relationships because there's like this massive need to know everything. I need to know this. I need to know that. I need to know how things are going to work out. But we miss the beauty. We miss the beauty of being in the moment. We miss the beauty of just enjoying that person in that day. And also, we push the person away. 
because nobody wants to feel that energy. Nobody wants to feel somebody trying to control them. So that benefit is massive. And relationships are everything. In romantic relationships, business relationships, work relationships, father and son, mother and daughter, you know, parent and child relationships. Everything we do in this life is based on relationships, right? So if you want more success in life, you've got to be able to stop trying to control everything and everyone around you. You mentioned the word uh, being the moment and enjoy being the moment. So it's about uh, mindfulness. Yeah, and that leads to the most fulfilling life ever because tomorrow's not guaranteed. So if we go with the flow instead of trying to control things, that helps us to stay in the moment, right? We're not worried about the future. We're not worried about the past, but we're enjoying the moment right now. And that brings us deep fulfillment. That aligns with the deepest parts of us because tomorrow's not guaranteed. So let's take today and all the beauty that today has to offer, even if part of that beauty is being, you know, embrace it for what it is, because it's all good. It's all leading us to something better. It's all everything that we experience in each day, no matter what it is, is taking us to a better place. And that is part of the mindset work. That's part of the perception of, oh, well, why is life picking on me? Or, you know, there's a lot of negative perceptions around life. And if we simply make that choice to say, hey, no matter what I'm going through, I know it's working for my benefit to get me to a better place, to get me to a better life, to get me to a place where I'm happier, more fulfilled. That's a much different perspective and we're able to calm down a little bit more too. And that's part of letting go of control on a bigger scale is being able to trust that everything is working together for your good. So how do you do that in practical terms? Because what you mentioned at the beginning is going uh, with the flow or being mm-hmm. a, a flow freak uh, doesn't really mean uh, being a hippie. It means actually <laughs> uh, being quite uh, organized and know what you want and make plans as well. I mean, we, we had a plan uh, for today. You have commitments during, during the day. So is going with the flow something that can still have a part of organization? Let's call it. Oh, 100%. I'm super organized. So it's, it's part of what keeps my, my life functional so that I can do as much as I do every day. I do a tremendous amount every single day because I am organized. You know, me being organized isn't controlling. Mm-hmm. It's me being productive. So it's a different way to look at it. So your question, it all starts with our thoughts. It all starts with how we perceive things, right? So if you perceive like, oh, life is terrible, guess what? You're going to try to control things. But if you make that choice, you know, a lot of people make this harder than what it is, more complicated. It's, it's really simple. Just making that choice of, I don't want to control things because it stresses me out. Right? Anytime that we're trying to control things, it's very stressful and exhausting. So make that choice that says, you know what, I want to start learning how to go with the flow of my soul. Not be a hippie, but go with the flow of my soul and what aligns with me. 
And what feels right. I mean, part of doing that is doing what's right sometimes, you know, making those right decisions. So it all starts in the mind. Just think about anything that you have in your mind that is opposing this beautiful flow that equals productivity, it equals peace, it equals success, it equals great relationships, you know, that kind of stuff. Anything that fights that. Sometimes it can be something from your past, like way back. A lot of times when I'm working with people as clients, we get to the root of their need to control, and it's actually something that happened when they were a kid. It's usually then something disruptive, something painful. I don't really want to call it trauma, but some people might call it traumatic. Mm -hmm. But something disruptive happened, and the child mind couldn't handle it. So this need to control kicked in. That's usually when it takes place. So what I do is I take people through a process and help them transform that, that need to control that's buried deep within the subconscious, transform it into something positive so they can let go of that and, ah, okay, I can breathe because that part of the subconscious is no longer fighting them. When you said, why cannot you think about life as a good thing, as a positive thing. Mm -hmm. It's a sort of reframing, you know, your, your expectation for the future and, and thinking that whatever will happen will be, will be good for you. Mm -hmm. You know, the, even if it's painful. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. So the universe or the God or, or whatever mm -hmm. works to put you in a better place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it right. And what happens, there's a cycle, and I would just want to point this out to whoever is listening. The cycle is a negative perception leads to fear, and fear leads to control. So if we can catch it at either of, the, either of those stages, usually when we pop up with like a fear, we're not very familiar with it. So if you find yourself try, trying to control things, reverse that and say, what am I fearful of? Reverse that and say, what is the perception that is causing this fear. So you mentioned about these uh, possible um, traumatic experiences uh, that one has lived as a, as a child that might indicate, you know, the need for controlling and might be the cause for, um, you know, their, their behavior. So what are the techniques that you use in, in this case? I mean, you, you mentioned going back and sort of uh, reframe them, uh, if I understood correctly. Mm -hmm. So how, how does it really work? So I have a special technique that I use where um, once that memory comes to the person, I don't need to know the details of it, but let's hypothetically say that somebody's working with me and this memory, you know, we finally find the rooted memory of why they need to control things. And let's say that they had an abusive family, right? And this person as a child had to step up and be the adult at eight years old, which happens, you know? So this person steps up at eight years old to be the adult in the family because dad is drunk and mom's hiding in the corner. You know, we're using a hypothetical situation here. So what I'll do is I'll take somebody through that and say, okay, what I want you to do is transform this into something positive. I want you to stop that bad thing from happening. So this is all done in visualization, but it's, it's very, very powerful because it gives the inner child or your subconscious a release. It gives you that, that trance to 
okay, let me stop this and let me transform it into something positive. And sometimes we'll need to bring in like divine or angels or something to assist the child in that memory that says, you know what, you're not alone. You're loved, you're safe, you're cared for. And that usually really helps because that's what the child is screaming for. You know, the, the inner child that is buried in our subconscious is screaming for love, screaming for safety, screaming for protection. When we can connect to that divine source, it makes it a lot easier for the inner child to calm down. Is it that sense of protection that they perhaps missed at that time? Yeah, so the need to control is a need to feel safe. And that is like, that's not how we get to safety. But it's how our childlike mind tries to achieve that, right? And if that is buried in our subconscious, then that's controlling most of what we do. I mean, scientifically, our subconscious controls 80 to 90% of what we do until we become aware of it. You just mentioned the word uh, aware of it or being becoming uh, aware uh, of what's going on. Sometimes when we are too controlling, we are not actually aware that we are so controlling. Exactly. We, we think that is normal. We think that it's be us being organized, it's us being productive. We are doing what we are supposed to do. We have thousand balls in the air and we managed to catch all of them and, uh, because the whole world is all on our shoulders and so we have to be absolutely uh, in control of everything because if we miss uh, a single uh, nail then uh, everything uh, falls apart. How can we recognize that the, the behavior we have includes a type of control that is unhealthy for us? Are there sort of signs or, or symptoms that we can sort of pinpoint? Mm. So a question I would have somebody ask themselves is, do you feel safe? And if the answer is no, then you're most likely a control freak. Yeah, we go back to that idea of being safe or not feeling safe. Right. Do you feel safe in your relationship? No. So you're trying to control everything, right? Right. Do you feel safe at work? No, so you're trying to control everything. And that also leads to per perfection. Perfection doesn't serve us at all. So we have that working against us too. So if we're stuck in the cycle of control, then we have this perfection like you were talking about. Like if one thing goes wrong, our entire world crumbles. You know, things go wrong all the time and my world doesn't fall apart. <laughs> it's okay. And I juggle a lot too. You know, you, you can have the same amount of responsibilities, but choose to do it peacefully instead of stressed out. And part of that choice is letting go of control and feeling like you have to be perfect. I guess a lot of this has to do with uh, what the rest of the world thinks of us. Disappointment. Uh, you don't want to disappoint others. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, you grow into a role. You have a role. Uh, with your partner, you have a role with your family, you have a role with your friends in, at work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within the role, you want to be, as you said, perfect. You don't want to disappoint anybody. And, and I think a lot of uh, the, the control, need for control oh, comes, comes from that. But I found very interesting what you just said about the idea or the feeling of not being safe or not feeling uh, safe. 
So we have this misperception that if we constantly get this person's approval, we're going to get their love. Because that's ultimately what we're seeking. We're seeking for love and relationships. We're seeking for life to love us. You know, that's, that's the underlying desire for success is, oh, if I achieve this level of success, that means that life loves me. You know, so that's what we're really seeking underneath it all. And, you know, you brought up like this need for approval and, oh, well, maybe if I'm perfect, if I do everything right, this person will love me. It's just not, it's not how it works. You know, you've, you've got to be able to, yes, think about your decisions and how they affect others. But at the end of the day, we have to approve ourselves internally. We have to be okay with ourselves. If we're not okay with ourselves, we're constantly seeking somebody else's approval and that puts too much of a burden on that person. That's too much of a weight for them to carry. So everything starts with us, basically. Yes, it does. We have to look inside and be okay with us and uh, mm -hmm. start a relationship with, our, with ourselves and uh, mm -hmm. be in a good relationship with ourselves. That's, that's very difficult sometimes to do. I've been analyzing some of my behaviors, mm -hmm. especially in recent times, and I don't think I would ever treat anybody else the way I treated myself sometimes. Right. Right. Yes. That brings us to, it brings us to one valid, very powerful point, which is unconditional love causes us to feel safe. And it also causes others to feel safe. So if you practice unconditional love for yourself every day, instead of hating on yourself, instead of beating yourself up, instead of saying negative things about yourself, you practice that unconditional love towards yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to put my fir myself first in this instance because I need, to be filled. I need to be filled up right now, which means I'm putting myself first. I'm loving on myself unconditionally. So you kind of have to weigh your options of, is this a time where I need to love on myself unconditionally? Is this a time where I need to put myself first? Because we can't be empty when we're trying to accomplish things or be in a relationship. We need to be full so that we can give from our overflow. And then loving others unconditionally is so crucial. That is the way to get the love that you're seeking, is to give someone else unconditional love that says, you know what, I love you. You're not perfect. I know your imperfections. They're imperfections I can handle, but I still love you anyway. And creating that safe space of, okay, you're challenging me with something right now, but I'm choosing to love you. I'm choosing to love you unconditionally. That creates a very safe environment. It creates a safe environment for you because you're not projecting your stuff on that person, but it also creates a safe environment for them to let their guard down and have more to give you, to open their heart, to have more of that love to give you. So it's, it's really important to practice unconditional love. I like what you said about um, giving love as a, a, an overflow. Sometimes I, I have the impression that a lot of us are running on a very low battery. We cut ourselves far too thin, to the point that the energy we have is not good or is not enough, mm -hmm. neither for, uh, for us, nor, nor for others. If we're empty like that, it also puts us in a mode of taking from another person. Right. 
So instead of, instead of two people that are full coming together and creating an even more powerful energy, you have one person who's empty, who's asking the other person, hey, fill me up. And that person may have an overflow. They may not. They may be running on empty themselves. So that creates a lot of stress and tension within the relationship because you're asking something of that person that they don't have to give. How do you create then this overflow? It's partly taking care of yourself. It's partly your mindset. It's partly making sure that your emotions are, are dealt with and balanced. You know, making sure that your commitments are taken care of as they need to be. You know, living that life of integrity really helps. It helps to keep a person full. Making the right decisions, even when they're hard, is a part of filling oneself up, right? Because if I have a choice in front of me where I'm going to do something that might be crooked or I'm going to make the right choice and sacrifice something I really want, I'm going to feel better about myself on the inside. If I make a choice that's crooked, it's going to cause me tremendous guilt. It's going to cause me tremendous stress. It's going to cause me to not feel good within myself and not love myself. So that puts a person in a tailspin right away. So making the right decision, even when it's hard, is part of keeping yourself full. That reminds me uh, of raising boundaries or healthy boundaries with yes. people, situations, when something doesn't serve you, which is something very difficult to do because people tend to be accommodating. They want to help others. And it, it's very difficult to grasp the concept that sometimes you just have to stop. You cannot help. Mm-hmm. If you don't have you do. yourself first, right? Yes. And I have a very recent example of that. I was dating someone for a couple of months and it became shaky about a month ago. I started seeing some patterns that were unhealthy and I have to be very careful. I'm here to reach millions. I'm here to make the world a better place. Because of that, I have to be super careful who I let into my world, who I let near me energy and how they affect me and all these things in their life choices do they align with my life choices you know i'm trying to to make a the world a better place and i'm doing it one day at a time one person at a time but what are their decisions how are they affecting me are they affecting me negatively are they pulling me down are they pulling me up you know these are the things that i started analyzing with this person and i spoke openly to him about the things that i saw that just weren't aligning that were going to cause problems. And he's like, okay, well, give me some, you know, some time to work on it and to make better decisions and all that stuff. And it got to a point on Friday where I'm like, okay, this person's energy is really negatively affecting me and I need to take a break. I need to not see this person for a while because I'm in a very, very crucial stage of building right now with my business, you know, producing my, my app for my business, also publishing my first book. There's a lot going on in my world right now and then setting everything up to market all that. So in order for, for me to protect what I'm doing, I had to go to him and say on Saturday morning, I said, listen, I care about you. But I need to not see each other for a while because I really need to focus. And I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. This is hard for me to do, but this is what's necessary. So he was like, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. And then he got drunk 
like day drinking and completely did the opposite of what I was asking, which was he called me a bunch of times drunk and I just needed space to heal myself and to, to do my self care and pour back into me because that's how I keep the cycle of going. Like I give so much to the world and I give so much to people, but I have to pour so much back into myself too. During that time, he kept calling me and I told him, I was like, listen, I will let you know when I get home, but stop calling me. This is time for me to recharge myself. We eventually just ended up breaking up that night. And the next morning, he didn't remember it. He was so blacked out drunk, he didn't remember it. And it just made my choice so much easier. Because if somebody is going to drink to excess where you're blacked out drunk and you don't remember what you've done, it's not okay in my world. That's very unstable. It's very unhealthy. So Sunday morning, I had to have a conversation with him when he was sober. And that conversation was very difficult, very painful, but I made it very clear that this is not healthy. I can't continue like this. Our romantic relationship is over. It just has to be over because otherwise I'm sacrificing the millions of people who need me. It's a million souls or one. I have to weigh my options here. And what's more important is all of those people and everything that I've put into this throughout my entire life to get where I'm at right now, I'm not going to sacrifice that for another person. So that's a decision I made for myself as well. And in our conversation, because I was able to present it with unconditional love, he saw that he was making wrong choices, that he was making an unhealthy life for himself. He saw that he was being self-centered. So I had to set massive boundaries in order to protect my life, in order to protect the people I serve, to protect my business, to protect everything that I put into having such a like high energy existence that's full of peace, that's full of everything beautiful, right? I've put so much into that, I protect it. And it came time to set those boundaries. It's quite a story what you just told us. And uh, I really admire the bravery that you showed in uh, uh, protecting, uh, first and foremost, your space, your time, and your mental health at the end of the day, because this sort of situation can become quite stressful. And, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, it was. Yeah, and take over your own life. In your case, the, the two of you were uh, dating, if I understood correctly. But situations like this happen also when people uh, get married and, you know, there are children, mm -hmm. ties that are more difficult to, to break. What is your advice in that case? It's situational. You know, there isn't just one little blanket advice that I can give somebody, but you can start making those decisions for yourself now. Make better decisions now. A lot of people don't vet the person that they're dating. They don't assess how does this person make me feel? Do I feel safe with this person? Do I feel stable with this person? Do I feel stressed around this person? You know, and I was able to assess that and make that decision because I know what I need in my life and I know what's healthy for me and I'm not going to settle. So I have been divorced. So I know what it's like to have an unhealthy marriage. And I know what it's like to break free of that. But breaking free of that, I made the same decisions. You know, I'm here to serve the world. I've known it since I was eight years old, that I'm here to make it a better place. I'm not going to sacrifice that for an unhealthy relationship. It was harder to end the marriage than it was just a dating relationship. But it's 
still very possible. And I'm glad that I made that decision because in making these decisions and setting these boundaries and the way that I communicate it to those, these guys, to my ex-husband, to the guy that I just had to break it off with, it helps them. You know, I'm not enabling their bad behavior. So it helps them to make better decisions. If I just continued and enabled their bad behavior, it wouldn't give them an opportunity to have a more fulfilling life, to make better decisions. And that's what it's done for this guy. Like our conversation was very loving. It was very peaceful, but he was able to see, wow, I need to do better. And if I didn't present it in the way that I did, he wouldn't have seen that. My ex-husband thanked me for leaving him. He said it was the best thing I could have done for him because it opened his eyes. The pain of losing me opened his eyes. Nothing else would have done it. If I would have stayed with him, he would have stayed on the same destructive course that he was on. So he literally thanked me for that. So when we're setting boundaries for others and for ourselves, you're serving that person in the highest regard. You're making it so that they have a chance to grow and become better. It's the blessing in disguise, something mm -hmm. that in that particular moment hurts us, but in the long term we realize that if we embrace what's happening, then perhaps we can come out of the other side as much better people. Mm -hmm. I really love that. It's the story of the caterpillar that evolves and transforms into a beautiful butterfly. And it's, you know, it's part of all of us making the world a better place because if we just keep enabling people's bad behavior or their dark tendencies or whatever that is, the world stays dark, right? So let's think about this on a grander scale. All of us have the power to change the world just simply by making better decisions within our relationships, by challenging each other to be better, to do better, right? Because as we get rid of those dark tendencies within ourselves, it makes the world a better place. It makes my world a better place. It elevates everyone around me, right? So instead of being passive and instead of just, oh, I'm just going to accept this person's bad behavior. No, do something about it, but not just for yourself, not just for them, but for the entire world. Mm. If you want to give little advice, what are the questions, if you like, that we can ask ourselves? and that they can point out that there is um, a control freak behavior that perhaps we need to, to relax a little. So I think selfishness is what comes to me. Am I being selfish in this moment? Am I being self-centered? And people who don't care about how their actions affect others are very selfish, right? So if we care about how I, let's, let's put this in my terms, right? So. If I care about how my energy affects other people, how my actions affect other people, I'm going to become a better person and therefore elevate humanity, right? So it's very selfless to take care of myself. It's very selfless to work on my mindset. It's very selfless to do everything that I do to be the best me that I can possibly be. So ask yourself in the moment, am I being selfish on a grander scale? Because people like this guy that I had to break up with, he was just living and not caring how it affected anything. That's very selfish. And that's a way a lot of people live. Oh, I'm just gonna live and I don't care how it affects anything. So I'm gonna challenge people who are listening to this to today or whenever they hear this is, you have the power to change the world. You know, we rise together. It's not just one person such as myself making it a better place. It's me leading the way. 
it's other people who have the same calling, the same passion, who are leading the way, but we do this together. So each individual has the power to change the world. So think about that. You are powerful. And if you think about, wow, I am powerful. So if I hold myself to a higher standard, I'm helping the world become a better place. So a lot of people feel like they're powerless. We are trained to believe that we are powerless, right? Most of us growing up, we're taught you're powerless. You can't change your circumstances. You can't do X, Y, and Z. We were taught you can't, you can't, you can't. It's impossible, it's impossible. Most of us are conditioned like that. We're conditioned to be powerless. We're conditioned to be sheep and go with you know, the herd, so to speak. I want everyone to know that you are powerful. You have the power to change the world just by making better choices, just by loving on yourself a little bit more. It's that simple. I totally love that. Uh, you know, I, I cannot really let you go without asking a, a couple of questions that are classics in this show. And the first has to do with forgiveness and how much forgiveness or self-forgiveness is needed, required, or comes into play when need to sort of let it go and uh, relinquish mm -hmm. that need of controlling everything. Um, in relationships, this is what, you know, is coming to me as you're asking that question. It is so important to be able to release whatever you're holding inside of you that might be negative toward another person because that negativity turns into a need to control so they don't hurt you in the same way. So a lot of times people will experience anger in relationships and that's where they stop. But the anger is actually caused by hurt most of the time. You know, if we can release the anger and get through the layers of, okay, I'm angry because I'm hurt. I'm bitter because I'm hurt. I'm resentful because I'm hurt. If we get through those toxic layers, because anger is toxic, bitterness is toxic. I mean, it's just poison. It creates toxins within the body, right? We get through those layers and release them. And then we get down to the hurt. Okay, I'm hurt because of this is why I'm angry. This is why I'm bitter. This is why I'm resentful. This is why X, Y, and Z, right? We get down to that hurt, release the hurt, allow ourselves to release the hurt. A lot of people don't want to, right? They don't want to sit with that hurt to release it. So a lot of people think, oh, I have to cry to release it. No, you can simply set the intention to release it and get it out of your system. You don't have to cry it out. If you need to cry, cry, but you don't have to. Underneath that hurt is forgiveness. Underneath that hurt is understanding. Underneath that hurt is, you know what, let me love this, un this person unconditionally. Let me, let me send them love instead of anger. Let me send them love instead of hate. Let me send them love instead of bitterness. If you can send a person love, that is the ultimate in forgiveness. Once you're in that space, you have no need to control that person. The fear of getting hurt again is something that creates that need to control and the inability to forgive because you're afraid to get hurt again. I'm not afraid of it. Because if I get hurt, it just makes me a better person. It just, it helps me grow. It helps me elevate every time I get hurt. It just does. So that's because I'm not afraid to open my heart. I'm not afraid to live life at, to the fullest each day. I want to love and I, I want to love with my full heart. And that's super fulfilling. I'm going to get hurt and I know it. So I'm not afraid of it. And I know I can navigate that hurt when it comes. I'm not afraid of that either. What I'm more afraid of is shutting down my heart 
and feeling empty within myself. That's what I'm more afraid of. Wow, very, very powerful. What is your feeling about this episode? How did it flow for you? I think we did a beautiful job. I think it was organized and it flowed very well too. It was complimentary. You know, your, your organization with my flow. And we complimented each other very well, I believe. I, I totally agree with that. So did I pass? You did. You did. Great. It was beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm a little bit aware of the time. Uh, but before going uh, again, another classic question. What would be the one take-home message from today's conversation of, on living on the flow or going with the flow? I would make it very simple. Just commit to being a flow freak instead of a control freak. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, well, uh, I hope that this episode has provided some food for thoughts on how important it can be relinquishing the control. And whatever you do, it's okay. Just go with the flow. And I have here a nice quote from Lao Tzu who said, those who flow as life flows know they need no other force. Mm. Misty, thank you so much for being with us today, for taking us on this uh, flow-going journey. I really enjoyed it. So my promise to you is that I will uh, try and go with the flow a little bit more often. Awesome. And thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Well, we would like to know what you think about this. Are you someone who needs to be in control, as I sort of used to be? Or are you more likely to go with the flow? Get in touch with us and let us know. And also don't forget to visit uh, Misty Page. Uh, I will put all the indication, all the social media, uh, all the links in uh, today's episode. So please just go there, click and get in touch with Misty. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.